Well, good morning. Uh, We're in Revelation chapter 9, verse 13 through 21. Four of the worst fallen angels are released. If you would stand for reading of God's Word, chapter 9, verse 13 through 21. Then the six angels sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, day, month, and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the, of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them and thus saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of the mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents having heads. With them they do harm. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of the murders of their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. This is the word of God. Father, we thank you for your word. As always, Lord, we have to admit this is some strange stuff. I mean, these verses that we're reading in in chapters 8 and 9 about these trumpet judgments are just off the charts for us. We can't understand much of it. But you've given us the Old Testament scriptures and you've given us pictures of what this all means. So help us to work through this and get out of this what you want us to get out of it. Speak to our hearts today. Each person comes in here with a, a need. And Lord, I'm asking you to touch each person in their heart, in their area of need. Touch each heart, Lord, please. In Jesus' name, amen. As you know, the theme is Jesus is coming and he's coming in judgment. Now, what we have seen so far with these trumpet judgments, the first four trumpet judgments, these angels, each one comes one at a time and they blow the trumpet and then God's wrath is poured out in a specific way. The first four angels are against earth proper. And remember that we have the earth dwellers at the time of the tribulation that are worshiping planet earth. We have people today who worship planet earth. Remember, the earth God is called Gaia, G-A-I-A. And there's a worship of the planet earth that goes on, that people worship the earth, and that the creator of the earth. And that's, mother, remember, Mother Earth is upset, and that's why there's hurricanes and tornadoes and earthquakes and tsunamis. It's like Mother Earth is a living being, and this is false, folks. This is part of the creation. This is part of the creation. The first four trumpets are against the Mother Earth itself. And God attacks, number one, a third of the land. The trees are burned up. And then a third of the salt water becomes blood. And a third of the fresh water becomes bitter. And a third of the luminaries in the sky, the sun, the moon, the stars, are diminished in their light by a third. And it is some strange stuff. And it is some scary stuff. But this is what God says is going to happen. So we believe this will happen. Now, the next three judgments are called the three woe judgments. It just keeps getting worse. Remember, the tribulation period is a time when Antichrist has raised up. All the earth is following Antichrist. God is making, taking a harvest out of the earth dwellers that will follow him. But the vast majority will continue to follow the Antichrist through this whole thing, be on Satan's side. And we're going to be talking about something in a few minutes called the Luciferian doctrine. And I think it will enlighten you to why the people follow him. So the last three woe judgments are against the people's bodies themselves. And remember, the first one was the destroyer was released out of the bottomless pit. And this destroyer let go these demons, and they were like locusts. They were the size of horses like locusts. Remember, locusts devour everything that comes in their sight. And these were huge, and they would sting people, and these people were just tortured. It's just a terrible sight. For five months this went on. It's just grievous to imagine. Only those not sealed with the seal of God were experiencing this torture. Remember, it's a picture of hell. It's a picture of the torment that awaits anyone who doesn't receive Jesus. This is a dramatic picture of what it's going to be for those people that just reject and reject and reject. It's so sad. It's just an incredible thing. We see this destroyer comes. Remember, Satan is always a destroyer. He always comes with lies. Remember, he is a father of lies. He is a blinder of eyes. Of, of eyes. Now, what we see Satan doing 
oftentimes is mixing truth with lie. And remember this, there's always a little bit of real cheese in a rat trap. And there's always a little bit of truth that he will put out to hook people in, and then the lies and deceit are slipped in. That's what he does. And how are we protected? We are to be Bereans. And what does that mean to you? You are Bible students know what it means. It means you search the Scriptures for truth so that you know what is being said is true. That is how you discern the lie from the truth. Everything in context. Everything in context. We know that we are looking for teachers who rightly divide the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 We are also want to be cognizant of 2 Timothy 3.1 It says, know this, but know this, in the last days there will be perilous times. Men will be lovers of themselves, boastful, proud, rude. That whole thing in that section. And in verse 5 it says this, having a form of godliness... Having a lot of spirituality. Ever hear somebody use the word, we're spiritual, I'm spiritual. I'm spirit. Spirituality. He said, having a, way, having a form of godliness, from such people turn away. Folks, be discerning. Be discerning. 2 Timothy 4, 3, for the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. People will just not put up with sound doctrine, but instead will gather around themselves a great number of teachers to say, what their itching ears want to hear. And you see people in droves today going to hear about your best life now. This is terrific. Everything is wonderful on planet Earth. And you're going to see three monkeys here later at the, in, in this talk. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Well, you cannot just close your eyes and, and cover your ears to what is going on in our world today. There's bad stuff that's going on. The destroyer comes and he comes to deceive. And he is only content when you are deceived. The second demonic invasion is initiated in verses 13 through 15. Let's read this again. Then the sixth angel, remember he has a trumpet, and he blows that trumpet, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, explained in just a second, which is before God saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. These are four demonic entities that are bound for such a time as this. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, the year, were released to kill a third of mankind. Isn't this just awful? I mean, if this, if this was up to, I wouldn't be going through this if we weren't going through this in order. This is so horrific that this isn't a pleasure to teach on, but it is what awaits planet earth who are in rebellion against God. That's just the truth of it. So the sixth angel hears the command, and his actual commanding officer is not Satan. It is God who releases these demons. Why? For his purposes, to, do, to, to, to pour out judgment on planet earth. And I want you to notice, the prayers of the saints are before God. That altar, that altar that I mentioned in eight, chapter 8, verse 3 and 4, the sweet aroma of our prayers before, go before God. He hears our prayers. And I don't know if you remember this, but the horns of the altar were, were a place that someone would run to for mercy, and they would grab onto that mercy uh, on, on those horns of the altar and, and ask God for mercy from whoever was chasing them, whatever they did. That was, the, that was a mer place of mercy, and that place of mercy now becomes a place of judgment, of awful judgment. The voice of judgment comes from the horns of mercy, and please, I want you to hear this. God is doing these things in order to get earth's attention. I'm alive. I'm real. How desperate does God have to get? He wants people to turn and live. That's why he's, people are experiencing this. So God is merciful. You're going to see it on the screen. Gracious, compassionate God, yet his spirit, and hear this, will not strive with man forever. That's Genesis 6.3. Why does he say that? Because there is a time in a person's life when God says, no more. I've come to you. I've come to you. I've come to you. I've revealed myself to you. I've opened your heart. I've opened your mind. And you have rejected me. It happens to a person. And folks, I want to tell you, it happens to a nation. A nation can turn their back on God and experience the same thing. When this trumpet judgment occurs, the time for mercy has passed. The altar of mercy will become the altar of judgment. Now, I want you to see something. We have a picture here. Now, most of you, ah, oh, there it is. Most of you, 
Now look at this. Let's see. I've always learned that if something doesn't work, this is the Gorham fix right here. You just smack it around a little bit and hope that the thing works. And look at that. It just goes and works, okay? So this is the holy place. Okay, it's kind of dimming. This is the holy place. The holy place is the priest comes in. And I want you to notice this. When you come into the tabernacle or the temple, you come into the outer courts, and then you come into the brazen altar, and then you come to the, the, to the base, basin that you would wash yourself with before you approach God. And then you come into the holy place, and you have the table of showbread here. Now, Jesus is the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. It also has the menorah, the menorah, the seven-stick seven candlestand. This provided light in here. This was totally covered. It was only light was this light. And Jesus is the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And then we have the altar of incense. These are the prayers of the saints that go up to God. And we know in Hebrews chapter 7 that our prayers are a sweet aroma to God and that He hears our petitions. He hears our prayers. Listen, two things to think about. Two things to think about. Your prayers are before God and they do matter. God hears your prayers. He hears the prayers of his people. But secondly, and I'm going to repeat this again, there's a time when God says no more to an individual or a nation. He goes from mercy to judgment. And when you get to that point, you have exhausted the patience of God. God is not like us. If we were God, we would have been much, much more severe on people than he is. We would have stomped people out all, oh, I don't like you. You got in my way on the road. You're out. You're out. You know, that sort of thing. That is not God. If you outlast his patience, then you have gone to the nth degree of rejection. The four angels are bounded today on the river Euphrates, and they're awaiting the command for that specific hour, for that specific day, that month, that year. The four angels, these are demonic angels, are released when God says so. The demonic realm cannot do whatever they want. They cannot do whatever they want. It's a specific time for such a time. God has planned it down to the hour, and might I say even to the second. He knows exactly when this is going to occur. We don't. We don't. No one knows when all this is going to happen. He does. He gives us signs, though, to watch. Now, what will these demons do? What, will they do? what is their mission? Well, they're going to kill one-third of the earth. It's just beyond the pale of imagination. Another slaughter of humans. Remember, the, the seal judgments killed a fourth of the earth. This kills a third of the earth. This ends up being about two billion, four, excuse me, four billion people that are killed. I can't imagine it. Now, hear this. The wages of sin is what? Death. <laughs> death, Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death, and that is what is being played out here. And it's actually played out in all of our lives. That's why we die at least once physically. For those who are born again, we only die once. For those who reject Jesus Christ will experience the second death, what the Scripture calls, and that is separation from God forever and thrown into the lake of fire, which is traditionally called hell. Whenever you see this, whenever you see the disease and death, and discouragement, and deception, and chaos, and confusion. Think one person. Think Satan. He brought the whole thing in. Remember though, God has ultimate control. Satan thinks he has control, but he is restrained that he can only work in the areas proscribed by God. God is sovereign. That means he rules. God is sovereign. That means he rules. He raises up kings, he brings down kings. That's good to know on November the 3rd, okay? He raises them up, he puts, or, or November the 5th, or November the 18th, or December 23rd, or whatever the, the, the results are going to come in. Look at how does this, the sovereignty of God, hopefully this makes you feel secure. I really hope it does. How does it make you feel? For me, it makes me feel secure and safe. Why is that? Because I might not understand, and I'll tell you right now, I do not understand everything that goes on. Some things are just a mystery to me, and I'm going, what in the world, Lord? I can't believe this. But I can trust Him. And you know what I've learned? I will trust in the Lord 
until I die. That's what I will do. And folks, that's good enough for me. God knows. I don't have to know. He knows. Believing in the sovereignty of God will do this for you. It will help you sleep at night. Knowing that this isn't just random chaos. That God has everything in control. You know, he does have the whole world in his hands, doesn't he? You know, the little bitty baby in his hands. He's got all of us in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. Let me ask you, let me just make this suggestion to you. Thinking about the sovereignty of God, the discomfort that we're feeling today in our world, the discomfort that we're feeling, may the sovereignty of God be your go-to place when worry invades your house, invades your, your body. 200 million demonic horsemen in verse 16 through 17. Can you imagine this? 200 million. Verse 16 and 17. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them, and thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, that's, that's dark blue, and sulfur yellow, and they, they're just weird looking dudes. Heads of, uh, heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. And you're going, what is this? This is a picture of a demonic hordes, folks. Demonic hordes. Some believe, now you've heard this before. Some believe this is a, this is a, a human army, and it's the Chinese army. They can, they, can, they can feel, they're the only ones that can feel two, I just got this picture off the internet, just showing the myriad of people, but the, the Chinese army can field today 200 million people. So at least is applicable to today. That's, that's, that's the point of this. Some believe this is, this is talking about the Gog-Magog invasion. If you're a Bible student, you know that these, these Islamic countries, these Arabic countries are going to come down against Israel. Israel looked like it's going to be destroyed in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And then God miraculously intervenes on behalf of the nation of Israel. And he puts those, those nations to flight. Some believe this is the Battle of Armageddon. But Tony Garland does summarize it this way. And this is a quote. These 200 million are demons, not Chinese. Four things should be noted, and he says this first. They are led by four angels. Second, the location of the army is stated to be the Euphrates River. Now, if you're a Bible student, that's significant because the Euphrates is where Babylon is. Babylon is a heavenly demonic area where the Antichrist was going to, will set up his, his headquarters. Also, it is where the false trinity will be. Remember, Satan is a picture of the, he tries to take on the role of the Father, the Antichrist, the Son, and the false prophet, the Holy Spirit. That will be where his headquarters is. Thirdly, the description given in the text rules out the army being human. And fourth, the kings of the east, which we are going to see again in Revelation 16, 12, which I think are humans at this point, are not connected with this at all. This army doesn't look like humans. They have horses, the term horses, lions, serpents, speaks of deadly warfare, and I think it suggests demonic warfare. These, are, I believe, are demons, folks. And they will kill with smoke and brimstone. And what does this sound like? It sounds, again, like hell. It sounds like hell. Released on earth. This is another picture that God is giving the people and saying, don't go there. Whatever you do, don't go there. Avoid this at all cost. Remember, hell was not created for humans. Let me try that again. That was, that was kind of a strange way to say human, wasn't it? Humans. Maybe I'm thinking of cinnamon's rolls or something. I don't know. but <laughs> Yeah, anyway. Humans. It wasn't created for humans. It was created for the devil and his angels. The devil and his angels. No human need go there. God has provided a rescue for us. And that is in His Son, Jesus Christ the Righteous One. What does He want you to do? It's real simple. You believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. And you simply receive the gift of salvation. Remember that word belief is commit to, put your trust in, follow the Master. And then receive Him as your Savior. It's that simple. This destroyer, this Satan, Always, remember this, always, always, always comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This is verse 18 and 19. He is a destroyer. Verse 18 and 19. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire, the smoke, and the brimstone, which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails, 
For their tails are like serpents. It sounds like more stinging and more pain. Having heads. And with them they do harm. Not just harm. They kill. These are lethal. These are lethal weapons. This carnage, folks, is we can't imagine it. Okay? I cannot imagine this. It's unimaginable. This degree of death. And I want you to think about the impact that it will have on humanity. We've talked about post-traumatic stress disorder before. We see it all over the place. Can you imagine what planet Earth is experiencing with this? See, this is a one-off. This stuff hasn't happened before. This is off the charts. Think about the rotting flesh that will permeate the world. Think about the full-time job everyone else will have in bearing this, this amount of people. I can't imagine it. I don't plan on being here, but I can't, I can't even fathom it. Death, death, and more death. By the way, that's what sin brings, isn't it? Death. All the result of the fall of Satan. All the result of the fall of mankind who were complicit with Satan. When they gave in to Satan at the, at the fall of man. Sin has horrific effects. We don't understand. It's not just a little bitty sin. In the eyes of a holy God, a righteous God, a just God, sin is a big deal. To us who are so depraved and fallen, it's not a big deal. Oh, that's, that's no big thing. Yes, it is. In the eyes of a holy God, it is. And sin has, has awful effects. Even creation groans to be delivered from the bondage of sin. It says in Romans 8, 21 and 22. And I want to give you a picture of this. How many times have you heard that, it's, why, does, why does what I do bother you? Why does my sin bother you? Well, I'm telling you, sin always has a ripple effect. It has a, a target, boom, and from this little target it is not just you. See this just little guy here, you? Look what you, your, your decision has, has resulted in. It is a ripple that goes out to who knows where. And look where Adam and Eve, little sin went of taking a bite of the fruit. It rippled all through time to our day. That's how many people were affected by that one little sin. It's never little. And it always ripples. Sin and death are rooted in Satan. But I want you to think about this. God is a God of the living. He's a God of the living. Mark 12, 27. He is not a God of the dead, but a God of the living. Fire, smoke, brimstone, a picture of hell. And the unsaved, the unsealed are experiencing their future if they refuse to repent. Folks, this is serious and this is true. As strange as it sounds, it is serious and it is true. Because God said so. God has released the demonic hordes to kill Satan's own followers and there's nothing Satan can do about it. Isn't that amazing? The God of this age is this. Hear this. The God of this age is a blinder to the truth. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says this. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. There's a block there. So they cannot see the light of the gospel of Christ. What is needed? The Spirit of God to open the mind, to open the eyes, to soften the heart, to allow people to hear the truth of the Word of God. It's a miracle. The salvation experience of any human being is a miracle of God. Taking you from dead in your trespasses and sins to everlasting life, that is a miracle of the living God. He is a, he is a, he is a blinder to the truth, but you know what else he is? He is a liar. The God of this age is a liar. John 8, 44. Remember, he is a liar. He does not hold to the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language because he is a liar and the father of lies. Do not fall for his schemes. His schemes are mind games. He plays mind games. What are we to do? What's our protection? Well, you know that if you're a Bible student. It's, it's the armor of God. We are to put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to take your stand against the wiles, the methodia, the methods of the enemy. Know your enemy, keep your armor on, and be ready for battle. That is what we are to do. The God of this age is a liar, folks. 
He is a liar. And the most amazing thing that I think that I've ever read in the scriptures, well, the amazing thing is Jesus died and he saved us and that sort of thing. But this is a stunning thing that we're going to read right here in verse 20. The, most, the, the hard hearts refuse to turn and live. They experience this. They know it's from God and they refuse to turn and live. And we wonder why. Well, I'm going to explain this to you in just a second as we get to our conclusion. But here are the verses here. But the rest of mankind, those who survived this, who were not killed by the plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands. Watch what the works of their hands are. That they should worship demons, idols of gold, silver, brass, and stone, and wood, things of their creation, which can neither see nor hear nor walk, and they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries. We're going to see what that word means. Or their sexual immorality or their thefts. This is amazing. This is sad. People know that they are fighting against the true God. Why? I think this is a reason. These hard hearts are confirmed in their sin. I won't believe no matter what. I won't re- remember. Remember, Abraham was in, in Abraham and, and the rich man were in. Uh, one was in paradise and one was in torment. And the one in torment was in Luke 16. And one that was in torment was saying, "Just go tell my brothers. Just, it's just somehow, if someone was, if someone was to raise from the dead, they would believe." And 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 Jesus says, "No, they if they won't believe the prophets, if they won't believe this word, they won't believe even though someone has risen from the dead. These folks are confirmed in their sins. Their hearts are hardened." Have you ever dealt with, let me ask you this question. I think this is a legitimate question for Christians to ask other Christians. Let me ask you this. Have you ever dealt with people and you tell them about Jesus and they bring up one objection after another? One objection after another, yet they still refuse. You can answer this one. Oh, they got that one. Then it just deflects to another one and another one. Tony Garland has experienced this. He says this, quote, Most frequently, men complain that if you only had more definite information, then they would repent and believe. He says this, Our experience has been that the needed information is more often a smokescreen for a rebellious, unrepentant heart which has no intention of ever submitting to God. I think that's the truth. I think that's the truth. The problem is not evidence, but a hard heart confirmed in their rejection of God. I will not have you rule over me, God. I am invictus. I am the master of my fate. I am the one that's responsible for my soul. I will be my own God. And that's the cry of humanity. That's humanism. That's humanism to the nines. Folks, the problem is not evidence, but a hard heart. Six things they prefer over Jesus. All a result of, their, of hard hearts. All result in death, eternal separation from God. Watch this. The work of their hands. What's the work of your hands in, the, in this context? It's my will. It's my way. Things that I want. Things that I value. It reflects the conditions of our heart. Watch the conditions of their heart. What were the works of their hands? Demon worship. Demon worship. Now, people worship demons and they don't know it. They're not running around saying, I'm a demon. I'm a demon. By the way, I'm a demon. You know, they don't do that. They come in underhanded. Remember, he comes in as an angel of light. He slips in. Demon worship. Idols of their choosing. Anything but the true God. How about this they prefer over Jesus? Murders. Now, we think about overt murder with that, don't we? You take a gun, shoot somebody or something like that. But what about when you sacrifice to the gods of the culture? The demon gods of the culture with abortion. 60 million and counting. Did you hear that? 60 million and counting. Euthanasia, genetic engineering, lawlessness in our streets. We're seeing this today. It's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. What else did they prefer over Jesus? Sorceries. You know what that word is? Pharmakia. That's drugs, folks. That's drugs. Drugs used for illicit purposes. Drugs that, remember this, drugs are a demonic conduit into the mind. It is a a thoroughfare for demonic influence into your mind. 
And I want you to think about that. The legalization of drugs in this country, especially the one that they want to legalize, okay? You know, the pot, you know, numbing people to their troubles and that sort of thing. Listen to this. The legalization of drug is numbing our culture, making them more compliant to being directed and ruled by the enemy of our souls. Okay, just remember that. It's directed at increasing demonic influence in humans. Again, drugs are a conduit to the demonic world. Many feel enlightened by drugs. You ask the Beatles. They're taking LSD. That was all promoted in my time. Okay, everybody's dropping acid, man. We can, we're going to see, we're going to be enlightened. And all they saw was the angel of darkness masquerading as the angel of light. Remember, Satan is a liar and he masquerades as an angel of light. And his thing is, control the mind and you control the person. You get somebody away from a biblical worldview, get them stuck in a worldview that is anti-God, we don't want you, God, or, or make, you, make you up in my own mind, God, and you've controlled that person. You've got them right where Satan wants you to be. How about this one that they prefer over Jesus? Sexual immorality, which is the word pornea. Pornea. Everybody hear this. Now hear this. All hands hear this. You hear this on the ship. Get ready. Hear this. Pornea is any sexual relationship outside of the marriage covenant. Is that cloudy? Is that kind of mystical to you? That is what pornea is. That includes sleeping around. That includes adultery. That includes homosexuality. That includes pedophilia, which, by the way, is being more and more promoted in California as something legal. Isn't that tragedy? As we are getting more depraved, this thing gets worse. The depravity of man knows no ends. And the, the final, the sixth thing that they prefer over Jesus is thefts. I wonder, what do you mean by thefts? Well, I'm about to think about this. Dishonesty. The obliteration of moral distinctions. A disregard for other people's rights. Now, what have you heard today? As the riots go on in our streets, it's only property. It's only property. It's, we're, we're not, it, we're, it is because I'm not killing you, you're killing the person's livelihood and their life, their life's blood. Disregard of others' rights, the practice of fraud, theft, deceit, wherever is possible. In our day, this is a quote, in our day, I don't know who wrote this, but I'm quoting it. In our day, corruption in high places gives the example to all classes. The only wrong consists in getting caught. Isn't that the attitude today? Now let me ask you, what are the works of your hands? You're Christian people, most of you. You believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins. We are going to be standing before God one day and give account of our life for the works that we have done after salvation. What are the works of your hands? What are they produced? Wood, hay, stubble at the Bema Seat judgment when these things are judged? Or gold, silver, and precious stones that, that survive the fire? Ask yourself that. What are the works? Of, what are you putting your hands into? What are you valuing in life? It's, I think it's a legitimate question. Remember this. These people have all bought into one thing, the strong delusion that will come upon this earth. And I think it's on it right now. In 2 Thessalonians 2.11, that Satan's lie. Why do people then and now buy into the strong delusion? Why do they do that? 2 Thessalonians 2.10 says this, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. See, if you're saved, you can see through the facade. You can see through the falseness. You can see through the fakeness of what's going on. Even in our culture today, it's going to get worse. But the only way to see through it is to be saved and to know the light, to know the truth. Listen to this. They believe the liar over the truth giver. They believe the death giver over the life giver. This is a delusion. This is a deception. And this has eternal consequences. Finally, in closing, we see four of the worst fallen angels are released. This is going to be a little bit of, of an extensive closing. So this is going to take about, this is going to take about eight minutes. <laughs> ah, okay. Now, first of all, hear this. 
Now remember, the demonic realm can, can work in proscribed areas that God has delineated for them. If they go outside of those areas, then they're confined, we know, in Tartarus and that sort of thing. We've been through that teaching. The angels are, all these angels are under the full control of God, not Satan. The demonic realm can only function again in proscribed ways and proscribed areas. One day, and like this is a hip, hip hooray, this would be a, a moment, we don't get a lot of amens in these kind of talks, okay? This is not one of your peppy amen talks, but this would be an amen thing, okay? One day, all evil, demonic and human, will eventually be confined to the lake of fire. And for that, I can say amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm not, I'm not happy that anybody's going there, that's for sure. But it's the evil that I'm talking about that permeates our lives and takes us away from the true God. That's what I'm talking about. Satan is slick. Would you agree? He has fooled each one of us. He's a master deceiver. He's a deceiver of deceivers. And many, many, many now and then will buy into his spiel. Remember, he is a liar. He is a liar. His strategy is well planned. His end-time religion will deceive almost everyone on planet Earth. There's a belief floating around that this religion is as old as mankind and it's called the Luciferian Doctrine. And I went, Luciferian Doctrine? Hmm, that's new. I wonder what this is. Well, is this, Satan is the true light and Jesus is the false light. He twists things around. Remember, indoctrination into a non-biblical worldview and deception are his tools. The earth dwellers will take this bait, hook, line, and sinker. And I would suggest to you that most in America today are taking this bait, hook, line, and sinker. They didn't just, I was going to get the picture of the fish. I've had that before where the guy just grabs onto the, that's what's going on. People are buying into the deception. Now, this may help explain why so many stand so steadfastly with Satan during this extreme time. There's a guy named Jack Kelly. He had a website. He's since dead about three, four years. But he, I got this from him. Hear what he says. Quote, the Luciferian doctrine is named, of course, after Lucifer, a Latin name meaning light bearer. It holds that Lucifer is the good guy, trying to enlighten the people of the world in preparation for their spiritual evolution. Does this sound ring kind of familiar? We're, we're evolving into something bigger and better, necessary to bring peace to all mankind. What is this? Humanism. Satanic-inspired humanism. According to the Luciferian doctrine, our physical evolution is finished. Now, that's pretty pitiful, isn't it? If this is it, I mean, this is what we're going to buy into, this is it. No, I'm looking for my new body. Okay? Thank you. I'm, I, that's an amen time. Yeah. Our physical evolution is finished, and all we need to do now is throw off the bonds of Judeo-Christian thinking to complete our spiritual evolution. Do you think that's going on today? You think that's going on in our universities? You think that's going on in some of our churches who no longer preach the Word of God? I think it is. I think it is. According to the, our, our spiritual evolution, okay, and enter into our long-awaited utopian era. In the 70s, John Lennon and the Beatles bought into this. They had a song called Imagine. Great song. Listened to it a lot. Didn't know a thing about what it meant. Thought it was cool then. Don't think it's cool now. Imagine there's no heaven. Now that would, I cannot imagine that. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. It's like skipping through the flowers. We're all just loving one another. Imagine there's no countries. No borders. Remember, God is for borders. It's... It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. for no, and no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say, I'm a dreamer. But I'm not the only one. You know, that whole thing. I hope one day you'll join us. And the world will be as 
one. These, this is the Antichrist theme song. And I would suggest to you it is also the anarchist theme song that we are seeing going on in our country today. And it's one big, giant lie. And I will elucidate on this further in just a second. Back to the Luciferian doctrine. But Lucifer being hindered in all this by the evil Adonai, it's Hebrew for Lord, Jehovah, God, capital L-O-R-D, who along with his followers, that's us, are working to thwart Lucifer's grand plan by requiring everyone to hear, adhere to God's reactionary religion, effectively preventing our spiritual evolution. Lucifer, of course, is well known as Satan, Satan, the evil one. In order for humanity to achieve utopia, those who insist on clinging to their obsolete Judeo-Christian faith have to be eliminated, silenced, get in your corner, or die. The Great Tribulation is characterized in Luciferian doctrine as the evil Adonai's last great effort to destroy mankind's light-bearer, Satan, and prevent our ascension into utopia. So naturally thinking the Lord is the bad guy, they become even more intense in the rights of mankind in humanism. That might be what's happening here. End quote. Think of this. Climate control, open, yeah, climate control, open borders, one world religion, one world government, godless Marxism on the march, all part of this strategy of humanism and a one world government. Are you sensing today a change in your life? Maybe like never before. It's never been like this before. We're seeing a turning on true Christians, even in the West. It's already happening through most of the world. Christians are persecuted like no other people group. More have been died in this 20th century than at any other time in the history of the world. Culminate, I mean, combined. Radical environmentalism, Antifa. And I want to suggest something. Black Lives Matter has been hijacked. They've been hijacked by the Marxists. You go to their website and you're going to see they're for Marxism in spades. An elimination of the nuclear family, open borders, public education, from kindergarten on through the university level, indoctrinating people to a worldview. And listen to this. Many, many, many phony Christians have bought into this. Godless humanism is promoted as the salvation of humanity. The problem is this. Now, please hear this. Now, some of you might be a little irritated right now or however you're feeling, but please hear this. Godless humanity always deteriorates under the, under the auspices of godless tyrann tyr tyrannical rulers. They always oppress the populace. You will never see a Marxist regime that has not oppressed the populace. Castro promised Cuba prosperity and redistribution of wealth. What Castro produced was he got rich and his cronies got rich and the people there suffered. That's what happened. Look at North Korea. Kim Jong-un. He's the only fat, happy guy in North Korea. There's not one other obese person in North Korea. They don't have the food to be obese. But this guy is. And let me ask you this. How many people are migrating to Cuba today? How many people are immigrating to North Korea? How many borders do they have to put up to prevent people from coming in? Their borders are to preventing the exit. How many are trying to get into Russia or China? If you want to stop immigration in America, then you make America like the rest of the world. And you will stop immigration in this country. You bring Marxism here. You bring totalitarian rule here because it always devolves into that. You will eliminate the immigration problem. Listen to this. Godless Marxism and communism is destructive to people. People come to America because they can be free. You can be free to worship. You can be free to work. You can be free to do whatever you want. You can move around with freedom. We don't understand how important freedom is to a people. We don't understand it. 
We've experienced a little squeeze here. It's nothing. Nothing compared to the rest of the world. We're free to worship. We're free to live. Enter communism. Exit freedom. Exit your immigration problem. Hear this. It'll come up on the screen. Godless communism always destroys freedom. But hear what Jesus gives in John 8.31. He said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. 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 Free people. Folks, America is changing. And burying our heads into the sand will not change this reality. I have the picture of the three monkeys. A lot of people don't want to think about this. I don't want to see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. I don't want to. Don't talk about this, Rick. It's too scary. It's too scary. It's too dangerous. It's disturbing me. It's political. Oh, don't talk about this. Folks, we're living in a real world with changing, with real consequences that souls are at stake and eternities are at stake. We cannot bury our heads to this. We cannot pretend it's not happening. We cannot just hope it goes away. This is what's happening. There's a devolving of America and there's a devolving of our world getting ready for a one world government set up by the Antichrist. It's been preparation for him. America is Do not fall for the Luciferian doctrine. You have the light. Walk in the light that you have of the truth and tell others about the light. Look at most people aren't going to want to hear it. Because Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the second coming of Christ. And how many people were saved at Noah's time? Eight. Eight. Not many. We haven't reached that point yet. People are still coming to Christ here. But it's harder and harder and harder because people have been indoctrinated to a worldview that challenges the Scripture on a continuum. Never before has this happened in our country. Never before was this much false information pumped into our culture. It isn't just our youth. It is young. It is middle age. It is old age. It is, it, it, it's the gamut of humanity that are being indoctrinated and brainwashed. Your job is to tell people. God's job is to save them. Don't be intimidated. Look, if you love somebody... You have to tell them the truth. If you have a mechanism for saving them, if you have the lifesaver, remember I had the, the lifesaver I had up here a couple years ago. We threw out the lifesaver. If we have that, we have an obligation to give that to people. We can't make them grab onto it, but we can give it to them. If we love them, we'll tell them the truth. Simply do your job and leave the results to God. Remember what it says in Jude 3? You, you, you won't remember this. But in Jude verse 3, it says this. Contend earnestly for the faith, Christian. Contend earnestly for the faith, which was once forever delivered to all the saints. See, it started right on early in the church that false teachers were coming in, false views were coming in. And Jude was told, contend. And that goes right down to our day. Contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. Let me ask you this question. How often must one harden his heart before it reaches the point of no return? And let me say this. Will you still be able to consider God's offer with an open heart tomorrow after you've turned it away one more time today? There is a time when God says, no mas, no more. Do not send away your day of grace. Let me close Oh, let me close with this verse in rapid fire. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. This is for us Christians. We then as workers together with him plead with you. That is our job. To plead with people. Plead with them. Implore them. Plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Kinos. Empty, of no, no effect, no result. Don't receive the grace of God. Don't stiff arm God again. For he says, in the acceptable time I have heard you, in the day of salvation I have helped you. There's a time when God comes, and that is your time. You don't come into this thing on your own. You don't just one day say, I'm going to put this off until I'm ready. Oh no, 
Oh no, that's not how it works. It works at God's timing. It's His timing. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And finally, in Joshua chapter 24, we know that he's speaking to the nation of Israel, a nation that has turned against him over and over and over. And Joshua has a word for these people. And he says this, and you are very familiar with this if you're a Christian. And if you're not, it still resonate with you. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Yahweh, awesome respect for God. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods of your fathers. Put away the gods of your cultures. Put away the works of your hands that have been for you and not for God. That you served on the other side of the river. And in Egypt, serve the Lord. That is what Joshua is screaming out. Serve the Lord, exclamation point. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served on the other side of the river or the God of the Amorites whose land you dwell. And he makes this statement, and for every believer, you know what it is. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't care if the culture is going exit stage left to everything else. As far as this goes with me, before God, I am going to serve the Lord with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I might not understand what's going on in this world, but I'm going to trust in Him until I die. That is our, that is our mission. Behold, today is the day of salvation. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to study your word. Lord, I know that your word does not return void, that you have touched hearts here in some way, that you've spoken to people today. Could be for salvation. It could be for a recommitment. It could be some area of our lives that we're dealing with. It could be a, Lord, you're an encourager. You can even use this to encourage people to turn to you, to hold on to you, to, to just keep going and not give up. You are God. And you can do anything in our lives. We put our trust in you. And today, Father, I pray that if someone doesn't know you as their Savior, if they just have put this thing off, looked at it as a bunch of phony baloney, and now you have opened eyes, may this be the day that people come into your family. Say yes to Jesus. I believe you, Jesus. It's all Jesus. You died. You were buried. You rose again from the dead. You give eternal life. I believe that you died in my place and took all of my sin debt. And I receive the free gift that you give to humanity that trusts you. Thank you for this time, Lord. Thank you for this time to study the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen.